Aloha, ladies and germs. <laughs> and welcome to Vibrant. You know what? I'm so glad you showed up. And also the people who are watching it later. I've been hitting you with a lot lately. And seriously, since the last time we did a Vibrant, which is just one Wednesday ago, I've put out four episodes of Interverse, which is probably my record in terms of <laughs> turnaround. Uh, I'm excited about it, though. They were all really good. I'm sure most of you definitely caught the one with David Whitehead that we did last night, but holy crap. And that's going to be the last one ever. I'm done now. <laughs> no, but I'm going to take a break from Interverse proper through the rest of December because I met my goal of 52 episodes. That's one for each week. I think that's good. And we'll still do Vibrants. I may do pop-up shows here and there, but I got other projects to work on. And it's the holidays. You know how it goes. We'll ease up on the gas a little bit. I feel it was appropriate. I'm noticing after the first quarter moon phase hits, between there and the full moon, I'm just like, bam, and I can do so much. And maybe as much in that eight-day span as the whole rest of the moon. I don't know. But I'm going to say hi to everybody in the chat. Slick Dissident, Juliana, Chelsea, Vanguard, CV, and over on the Rockfin side, Kat says... Source protects Chance and others from the storm and the wind. I do appreciate that. Speaking of, our original guest tonight was going to be Lindsay Sharman, maybe Johnny. And I hate to disappoint, but they got pummeled by a windstorm in Colorado. And it took out their power. They're huddling up with, I think, Johnny's folks or something. So <laughs> this is an open call-in line. And... I posted that in the Vibrant Telegram channel, meaning anybody can come in and say hi, or they can leave us a voicemail there, or they can post a meme or a video or a link that they want us to possibly look at, and I'll do my best to cover all those. Now, there are a couple of things I wanted to do, so let me just lay them out, and we'll see if we get to them all. A, something I've never really, I don't know if I've ever done for the show before, but I would like to lead you guys through a guided visualization meditation. So if that fits in, we're going to do that, maybe early in. Uh, B, there's a funky book that I just came across that I want somebody to read and tell me about. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to read it too, but I've got like a, a, a super thick stack right now. So anyway, if I see anybody call in with the link that's on the Telegram channel, I'll bring you up when I can. If you do call in and you got to wait for a second, just wait in the room and I'll bring you in when it's appropriate in case I'm dealing with multiple people in a row. Kabir says crazy wind everywhere. Yes, the wind has been crazy here in Missouri as well. Now, I do already have one caller and I bet you can guess who it is. It's our good buddy, Slick Dissident. And you may not realize that I'm bringing him on screen. <laughs> there he is though. <laughs> What's happening, Chance? Hey, you know how it is. Just another day, another live stream. <laughs> yeah, brother. You know, what I've been thinking about with that wind was that Ace of Swords you pulled up. Oh. During, during the read. I, I, get, I get what you're laying down, but elaborate for those of us out there who don't or just want to hear more of that thought. Yeah. So the swords represent the wind. It's, you know, it's also the spades in a card deck representing the wind. Um they say that it is your, uh, it also represents your words, your tongue, 
is a sword of of sorts. But you draw you pulled an ace of swords during your last uh read, and that was uh Monday. Monday, right before all the, the tornado ripped through. <laughs> and it was a reverse ace of swords, by the way. Pointing, yes, pointing to the ground like a tornado. Hey, we got another caller. So we're already at the trifecta magic number of three. We're going to pull him in too, but I want to respond to a cult priestess in the chat. She said, how do you do this so often? I get exhausted. And I think it's just all about the timing. Right now, it feels like it's in flow to do this a bunch. And really, if you I, this is fun, but if you didn't, somehow you didn't see the episode with David Whitehead last night, just go watch that right now and watch this later because... <laughs> That needs to be spread around to the whole world. Yeah, uh, here we go. We're going to bring Mitch in. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. How's it going? We brought the weatherman himself because oh, we're Lord. talking about the, the wind. <laughs> you know, we got uh, the occult side and we got the, the physics side. Occult physics. <laughs> yeah. You know, today's been awfully interesting. Um, I It was pretty windy here last night, um, but today I heard from my mother who is in Lincoln, Nebraska, and she said that they had tornado warnings. And of course, I think anybody watching this already knows exactly what may be the culprit behind at least some of this. But I have some theories. I have some hunches. And I just was on uh, uh, the False Reality Check uh, podcast uh, Friday, and they just aired that today. Great conversation we had about some gifting we've just done here down in Arizona. But it's... I heard that today, too. Yeah, That's it's really it's... It's windy as all get out around here, and I I like to think I have some some pretty good hunches as to why. So yeah. Well, that's good. We're gonna talk about that. I actually listened to it today too, as we said, and you'll be happy to hear I gifted a tower today on right my on. way somewhere else. This is maybe you can relate, but what I do now is I just keep the gear in my bag, and it was funny you described that in the. F FRC episode that like people have their bug out bag in their car. You've got your gifting supplies <laughs> and you yeah. know, you might have an accident and lose some things. I lost, I had an accident and lost some gifts at a tower today. And the great part was they had just churned up the ground to do some construction next to the tower. So it was all just beautifully loose dirt for me. And I stuck her in. <laughs> nice. Yeah, construction is a fantastic uh, thing to use to your benefit with with gifting. So is demolition or uh, just, you know, I learned this last week. We went to Bisbee, Arizona. I don't know if anyone's been to Bisbee before, but uh, imagine if the entire town was run by slumlords who have let their buildings go to crap. And so it was super easy to uh, lose all kinds of things uh, along the way and through the walks and stuff. So. Yeah, use use the architecture to your advantage. We know they are. So, Gabriel, I want you to update us too. Like, you put out a new video today. Is there anything that fits the theme of? I mean, it doesn't have to fit the theme, but like, what's what's been on your mind that you've been working with? I know that you've got syncs every second from right when you wake up. There's something already. <laughs> bam. <laughs> yeah, uh, being proactive. You know, a lot of people are feeling fed up and they're looking for uh, an avenue of, you know, taking taking action. And uh, that's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And that, you know, that discussion with 
David Whitehead last night had the whole crowd going wild, man. We were that was the we biggest were, live show I've ever done. There's like uh, over a hundred people in there while it's live. That was great. Yeah. And I think everybody was like, you know, ready to get up and do do whatever they need to do to contribute. Draw your ace of swords. Draw your ace of swords. There comes a time to sell your cloak and buy a sword. Hey, and, I know who said that. And I think we're there. <laughs> well, yeah. can the sword be an earth pipe? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. You might need to sell your cloak to buy the materials to make an earth pipe, but yeah. we can get a new cloak. We can't get a new earth. That's right. Yeah. And I that that line is it's powerful. It means a lot to a lot of people. But you know, the gist of it is you got to give up some comfort and you gotta, you know, to get into that proactive mode of thinking, you know, drawing a line in the sand, you gotta give up some comfort and things might have to get a little, you know, you might have to put in some work. That's interesting you say that. I was just talk I, I heard from a family member a few hours ago who is in Nebraska as well. And she's like, God, Mitch, what are they doing to us right now? And she's she's new at, you know, on a scale of like uh fully jabbed to uh, you know, whatever, the most like aware thing in existence, uh, God. She's like a negative forty-five, but she was was <laughs> talking Isn't Nebraska about still doing like scam date stuff too. Like aren't oh, they? I one of I think they're one of like the six states that's still trying to pull this shit where you know restrictions and lockdowns and and diaper scam date. I heard that Nebraska was on that list and that just blew my uh, mind because you'd think yeah, that the I, redder states would not be that way. Yeah, I had no idea, but um, but I will say just having the conversation with her, I I kind of just told her point blank. Uh, you're going to have to make some decisions here very soon. You know, she was basically saying like all those conspiracies you used to sit and tell us, they thought I was just high, just weird talking to them about things all these years. And I'm like, no, I was just sitting there telling you the truth about all these different things. And I'm like, you're going to have to make some decisions, some very soon, some decisions that they're not going to be comfortable. And I don't know that they are ready to, to do that. I know a lot of people aren't, some are, even myself. I don't think I am ready for a lot of things. I mean, I, I am as guilty, I think of being all talk sometimes as anybody else. And so I'm having these reality checks regularly with, with what's going on. It's about like stuff's just always about to get real. It's always going to get more real. So check this out. Uh, I, I don't have permission to share this, but I feel like it's okay. <laughs> this is a, from our friend, Johnny. The artist who is also the life partner of Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways. And he sent me this today to give me the heads up that they weren't going to be able to come on because the power was out. So check this out. It's not very long. This is in their yard. Uh, you can't really hear what he's saying, but he's saying, watch the roots, watch the roots. Here we go. Whoa. Here we go. Wow. Dang. And dang. And <laughs> that what it, it, it felt like that here last night. And my neighbor's, uh, she's got a cottonwood that I swear this morning I was like, honey, it's time to get the tree out of the garage because it all, I left the door open last night for a while and it's just branches everywhere. But um, nothing, I mean, it didn't uproot the tree. But there were a couple times things hit the windows where I was like, oh, crap, like we're actually going to, um, you know, 
have a, get like a broken window or something. So, uh, Carol just sent this into the call in line. Thanks, Carol. This is great. This is what, oh, we is this want. what I, yes, this is, she's, she sent me this this afternoon. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Just wait for it. <laughs> and <laughs> there it goes. Oh, no. I know it's oh, terrible. It's excrement. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they did a close up slow motion. Thank you. Yeah. What a good one. I mean, I, they were, I know they're going for shock value and fear porn, but I couldn't stop laughing. And it, unfortunately, it just, yeah. But this well, is from a few years ago, I think. Oh, this really? Was, well, this is what I it was like, think. though. Today. Carol, correct me if I'm wrong. So, yeah, let's talk about that more. Uh, seems maybe that something's up because where I live, it's December, just like where you live. And today it was over 80 degrees. And it was so windy. Uh, yeah, I like was getting blown over while on my walk this afternoon. Wow. You know, I have um, I have all kinds of theories behind why, and it's based on stuff we've been doing, stuff that I've heard from other people and what they're doing, but I don't know a definitive answer, so I'll give that disclaimer first. Like, I, I couldn't tell you because the agendas are advancing so heavily, and I talked about this the other day with Buffalo and Legs on their show. Um, it's no longer, at least just for me, just this is my experience, but for me, it's no longer just about busting towers and trying to restore rain or like fix the weather, open the clouds, whatever. There's something advancing so heavily, so quickly right now. And, you know, we see it with the BS of, of you know, I mean, the, the like the new, the scariant now and the anagrams that it spells out and like how things are so in our face. It's like they've just gone full they've gone full retard and things are so crazy that when i see all of this i mean i know like carol i'm gonna i'll i'm gonna sell you down the creek right now and just say that like i know carol i sent her a box of stuff recently and she and her counterpart went out and did some really really significant gifting this last week uh, I have heard from so many people who are busting towers, but it's not just the rate of towers that people are busting. The types of towers I'm hearing about, the intensity of those. Uh, Carol and her her husband came to visit, and we all we made a trip down to go knock out yet another one of those stupid golf ball necks rads, and we we had a heyday with that and went nuts. And uh, it's just like the intensity of these things I think is changing very rapidly. Um, I had a visitor, I, I, it was actually a, a Leo, um, not the astrological sign, but the other Leo, if you can figure that out, oh, from California who came to visit me and got a lot of earth pipes and took them back to Californistan with all the other Leos that are uh, losing their jobs because they won't get the cowpoke. And they decided, like, we can grid a lot of this land. We can do a lot of things that maybe other people can't. And so, um, you know, that's just one example of people who have who who I've connected with. But I'm seeing people in in Idaho, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, here in Arizona, 
Uh, we just did a ton of, we did a copper, silver, and cobalt mine that's owned, I think it's owned by Elon or Bill Gates, I can't remember. Um, but all kinds, all the climate brigade that own this land and all these energy conductors. And so like, I'm just, what I'm getting at is I'm seeing so, there's just, there's such a shift happening. And it's almost like, I have often said like the geoengineering toilet, it's like somebody's flushed and it's finally going down and, or, or a drain and it's been opened. And I find it really interesting. I didn't know it was that hot where you are today. Uh, it's freezing here. It's it was really only cold. that hot for the very end of the afternoon, but like okay. it built up and well, built up. But by the time it was like two thirty, three p.m., it had actually gotten that warm. Even with the wind, okay. you could feel how hot it was. It was pretty weird. Well, I got a question yeah. for both of you and anybody so watching. This is leading this. us to believe in climate change more, right? Well, because that's I the think next lockdown that you were talking about that on false reality check. One thing I I'm curious about it's is severity. They want severity, you know, severe weather. Yeah. It doesn't matter what type, what flavor, hot or cold. They just want severe so that we're all worried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you guys noticed the, and this is anybody watching this too. I'm sure you probably have, uh, even on days that it's chillier, there are so many days it's, it's very cold here, uh, for this time of year. And it was two weeks ago. They were of course, bitching that Phoenix had an 85 degree day. They said a bunch of days in December or the first few days in December, I think we're in the mid eighties. So of course it's like it was 83 in 1924. Well, this time it was 84 degrees here in 2021. So they're like, Oh no, climate change, climate change by a Prius. And now, all of a sudden this week, I, I know that day was manufactured like all the other days are manufactured, but like now it's freezing. Last night, it, it got the low yesterday in Phoenix, I think said 38 degrees. And I'm like, that's, that's a frigid bitch for Phoenix. And so, and, and all these areas now, like we all got snow last night. We all got a ton of rain. Uh, literally I took, I had to take a screenshot recording the screen with the weather app because it was just interesting to see the animations. It was raining everywhere around arizona um but what i've noticed is that despite how cold it is if you on certain days you stand in the sun and it's really really hot and i imagine you guys have probably experienced that at least in the last year am i wrong like where the air is cold but the light is hot <laughs> yeah and you stand i mean where you almost can feel like it's burning your skin does that happen to anybody else because it's happening here a lot um, I don't know. My skin does great with sunlight. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like burning. <laughs> it's is. not burning to where it's like super painful, but it's almost to where, I mean, you just, you notice it. You can feel this intensity, even like we have large windows that face East, uh, in our living room. And even in the morning, we sleep with the heat off, wake up in the morning. It's pretty cold in the house. Uh, but you stand in front of that window and you can just feel it's just this blast. And I mean, it's not just the window you go outside and in the sunlight, it's like you, everyone's kind of noticed that the sun is whiter lately over the last several years. Um, and there are times still that it is. What I've noticed is on these heavy, windy days, I think a lot of solar activity is obviously going on. But I think there's a lot of solar flares. Um, I've noticed electronics go out. When I heard everybody's power went out, like Lindsay's, uh, my parents, their power went out. And they're in Nebraska. And I'm wondering, like, is the power really going out because of what's going on with the weather or are they cutting the cord because of something else? Um, because I've noticed here, at least in the desert, uh, these days when we get super wind and these bright intensity, sunny days, 
the internet goes on the fritz, the the phone, the cell towers go out, the electricity, I and mean, so many transformers around here blow. Mm -hmm. And when you start comparing this with all the electric battery crap of this realm and what they've done to make an artificial battery, I can't help but wonder, are the frequencies, I think they may be beneficial. And I think that they may be destroying, to some degree, destroying certain electronics. I. You know, I have this idea in my heart. I really hope it's true that uh, some kind of solar activity is going to obliterate everything artificial intelligence. I think it's happened before. Mm -hmm. So that's just my just my theory. But the sun has been incredibly hot is my, mm -hmm. my main point. So That's interesting. That makes me, my mind is in so many places from all that. But right off the top, I think about if artificial intelligence was attempting a birth, a birthing, uh, is there a natural abortive response from the planet? Yeah. Which do you ever do you ever wonder if there's a? Uh, I almost feel like it's a failsafe that's been put in by whatever creator yeah. to to prevent. I just I get I really my intuition just tells me I think this cycle has happened with AI. Whether we were here or not, whether other people were here, whatever, we could be new, we can be old, I don't know or care. Mm -hmm. But I feel like AI has maybe, it's like, they're, why do they want to block the sun? And, and, and you know, then having just recently gotten into uh, FPV Angel, you know, I, I'm, I'm very new to, to learning about his work and thinking about the angles, the, the energy, of what's used to camouflage what may be in our realm. And it's making me think on days like today where it's super windy, it's like, I think some of that construct may be breaking down. And I think that the towers are one of the components that of course helps keep that built up. And so um, I, you know, I, I have always thought that tower busting, specifically tower busting breaks down the matrix because it, it needs to be sustained with this frequency web. Mm -hmm. um, but if that's the case, then I apologize for any destruction that I don't, I just, I'd rather destroy the matrix than live in a batch of BS. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, well, I just it wouldn't be you yeah. that did it because what no, you're I, doing, I, when, as Ben says, grounding the ether, mm -hmm. you're just clearing up a energetic blockage for the electrical body of the earth. So mm -hmm. there's actually a new, I need to find the research. Uh, Cliff High was talking about this. I can post the Cliff High video. I'll do that. Nice. Yeah, but there's I think... actually been a discovery by biologists that there's a the energy body exists that mm -hmm. occultists have talked about, Rela relating to the like surface ten surface electricity, surface tension electricity from cell to cell. This. Yep field charge non-physical charge but that information passes through this charge and it even seems to have like its own intelligence that guides the way the charge flows from cell to cell it could be botching how i explain that but just a point that make the point that the earth has the same thing going on and i i'll talk about it all the time <laughs> i'll keep talking about it but i do sound healing right with tuning right. forks and this is just using a low amperage form of electricity in the form of sound because sound is light is electricity it's all one energy across a spectrum of intensity and this allows me to find where there's communication breakdown in the field not something physical in the body that we're actually addressing we're addressing 
the energetic blueprint, you could call it. It's maybe even related to Sheldrake's morphogenetic fields. Yeah. There's an electrical aspect to it. So anything that you're doing with the earth pipes or we're doing, because a lot of us are doing it now, it's not like resulting cataclysms would have been your fault for doing that. It would have just been the earth's natural immune system able to respond to a crisis that before it didn't have the ability to respond to because that part of itself is cut off from the rest of itself. So the energy flow can't be consciously directed by the living intelligence of that larger body and larger field. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not to blame. Well, <laughs> it, no, I, I don't think I'm itself, not. The earth, yeah, no, I, the earth heals itself the way we heal ourselves. Nature does yeah. this. It's a self-organizing mm -hmm. system, self-repairing system. It's only when it can't communicate with itself normally, a body, that it loses that regulating aspect that is basically automatic. Um, so Melissa asks, please address how to hold tuning forks, especially if made of aluminum. I'm learning maybe aluminum is not good for aura when handling. So you could be correct about that, but I don't know. You know, I'd like more information. And there's really, other than intuition no information for me to go off of at some point i'm gonna get this curly and photography thing set up and figured out for myself and then i'll let you know if i notice the distinct difference when i'm holding a tuning fork that's made with aluminum obviously some other material might be more you know good gooder but you use aluminum in your earth pipes too i don't think aluminum itself is an enemy i don't think so yep. but that's just my feeling because yeah, i'm able to definitely make improvements in the arc field of myself and others with with aluminum and yeah. dan winter talks about it i'm going to be honest i don't like dan winter's work that much i like some things about it but i'm not a big fan shots fired <laughs> i'm not saying that it's all bad or all wrong i'm just saying like he like nobody's the one guru and may, like that's maybe an opinion, but I would like the information to back it up. I'm definitely not trying to be contentious for the sake of it. I just know that like, even if aluminum is not the greatest thing, it's better to have it and be able to use it as this tool than to not, at least for me where I'm at right now. Now, okay, so I've gone on a bit here. I wanted to bring up a whole new tangent to all this actually. And so here's the book that I was referring to at the beginning. This is called Stories About Earth's History, A Geologist's Descent from Deep Time. There's a couple of related tangent threads in here. So this is a book about, uh, I think there were nine different aspects of geological investigation that this guy undertook that revealed to him that the Earth is not four and a half billion years old. A fraction of that is what he's coming to the conclusion of. Now, this does sound dangerously close to like the ridiculed creationism of the earth is only 6,000 years old. I don't think he's going that far with it. I still need to read this book. I'll link it in the I'll link it in the comments and other people can pick it up. It's only five bucks on Kindle. It's like 120 pages, so it would be a quick read. But a couple of things we can see from the preview here that are interesting. Let's scoot down. Okay, so the topics here are relating to erosion, sediment deposition and fossils. So I can go over a couple of the things in here just to summarize real quick. The first is that 
you can calculate coastal erosion averages and the erosion of the continents. And basically, you'd have to have basically at the rate that things erode that we know of now, the whole continent would drop in the ocean long before we reached a four billion year old Earth, like way earlier. And this guy doesn't have the theory that I have about it, but my take on all of this, especially when he gets into talking about um, the fossil record summary, how ancient biological flesh is turned to stone really rapidly, how things never actually, how a lot of fossils, it makes no sense that they would be in the shape they're in without decay because they would have had to have just been instantly buried in mounds of dirt. To me, I'm just like, this sounds like mud fud. This sounds like electrolysis. Because if the continents and the coastlines do erode that quickly, it explains all the shit that we find underwater, ancient ruins and ancient cities. But also, it would explain that if these things did rapidly fall off into the ocean, if you will, the new land that's added in the Ragnarok electrolysis thing that we talk about with Ben Balderson would be the explanation to why both of these things can be true, that we have the continents that we have, <laughs> that the earth is growing, that this is a big body. And anyway, it's all a big refutation with geology of the concept of deep time, which is fascinating because as soon as you realize that the carbon dating method that is so controversial is actually a linchpin in many other scientific theories that are necessary for the current scientific materialist paradigm of reality to hold up, especially evolution, then it, you pull that linchpin out of radiocarbon dating and say, well, here's a bazillion reasons, including the geological investigations this guy has done to demonstrate carbon dating is not accurate. Well, damn, <laughs> what else does that mean isn't accurate? Like it definitely changes a lot. So anyway, that was a lot of talk. I'm going to link that in the notes or the comments and maybe some people will read it and we can talk about it later. I'm curious about it. And yeah. this relates to climate change tangentially because we're talking about coastlines disappearing, but not because of man-made climate change, but, but because it just happens like the coast erode because the tides come in, the tides come out, shit gets pulled away. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's possible. There's a timer. I mean, really a timer on this realm that will, I, I, I don't know. This is my, my personal view is that we've been reset. God knows how many times at this point. And I've almost, you know, I've been, I've been binge watching Emily Moyer and Michael Wan and listening to them talk about, I mean, I use, I use their show, the glass bead game now actually for gifting uh, it's why we did our latest gifting trip in, in Southeast Arizona and the ideas like how civilizations are put in certain places. We were constantly put in certain places time and again, so that we are wiped out by a cataclysmic event or by whatever the earth's birthing or rebirthing pains are, uh, in whatever process that's probably like by default, it's like a it's like a safety mechanism to reset so that we never destroy everything. Um, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying that's where I feel. Uh, that's where I'm leaning. But I had read an article about the coastlines that you know the majority of the U.S. will be underwater by 2035, and 
and all the hot spots. We've all probably seen the military map that, you know, I don't know where this information comes from. Nobody can ever find the original source, but there's that map that basically shows, I mean, like where I am, I think I have to even run up the hill further to Flagstaff to avoid the coastal, uh, the, the ocean coming back to, to this area. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder about that. I have a shaman friend here who told me she's dead set on it, that she's like, be prepared. And I'm like, okay. But she's like, yeah, we're, we're going to be underwater. I'm like, okay, well, that's quite a statement. So anyway, I don't think it's climate. It's not climate change in what they say. I mean, it's, you know, no amount of, of uh, giving up your gasoline and avoiding the forests and locking yourself up at home is going to change it. It's going to happen if it's going to happen but they want you to think that it's going to happen for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's where I am. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, you guys probably have both heard the term, uh, hylozoism is the belief that everything is one big living system. Mm. I've never heard that word, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to have a name for it. I think it's H-Y-L-O-Z-O-I-S-M, Hylozoism. And I've believed this even before I knew the word also, like you guys. But uh, a lot of thoughts are probably very significant here. And I'm sure we've all had these, but, you know, they really inform this conversation. Uh, so... If the entire system is one big living thing and we are just a part of it, you know, you could consider us like cells, could even consider us like sperm on a large egg <laughs> in some theories, you know. But uh, we know that there would be ley lines which would correspond with our our meridians on our body, you know. And so that makes the towers like acupuncture needles. In, uh -huh. in and anybody who, ha who has had acupuncture, those needles, they get, uh, they put up a lamp and the lamp irradiates the needles to enhance the effects. And so that's like a technological uh, modern day perspective on something that's been going for a very long time with like the cathedrals and, you know, old architecture that we know. But I just want to point this out. I want to bring all of that together in the context of certain religious affiliations. They observe the exact same spiritual practices on the exact same days around the world. And there is a certain rhythm that these collective consciousness groups are expressing together. And that's ancient. That goes back, you know, even pr probably pre-writing. You, you know, they're maintained through song. And so there's your vibrational application of it. And so those are beautiful things. And I, I respect and I admire those kind of expressions of spiritual observance. But let's just also admit there, there are nefarious agendas afoot who would take that technology and put a dark spin to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it'd be like, that so you say whales be, or not whales song memory and song. Cause that's yeah. whale. <laughs> whale does that. <laughs> and here's a cool share from the call in line from Yuliana, a whale Whoa. skeleton found in Egypt. Wow. It's probably just a coincidence. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I've also got I've also got a uh, call in from Kaylee that I want to play in a little bit. So, but you you get a thought out, Mitch, and then we'll hear from well, the I, caller. I like that analogy. And you know, I I never um I know that anytime I think that this world is is saying what it's saying, whatever frequencies are are shooting out of or into or, or whatever's resonating. I think that they, when they see a potential problem that would go against what they want from their inverted universe, they plug it with a tower. And so in a way, I, I, I like that analogy with like, it's kind of like an acupuncture needle, but imagine if someone stuck you with an acupuncture needle that they had tuned to some really demonic level and they're sticking it into all of your meridians and like changing how you're supposed to naturally flow. So, um, and yeah, it is, there is a nefarious component to it, but you can look at tower placement. Uh, Carol, if you're watching, yeah, she showed me this website that if you look at the ley line, she found this website with all that like ley lines and energy points and everything over the U.S. And then she compared that with another website that showed not not towers specifically, but it was specifically the things that are labeled as harp, and it's a creepy map, and it just it's for the people that find what I do preposterous at the thought of like that this would ever do anything. It's like these sadistic jerks know exactly what they're doing with every tower that they plug into the grid. So yeah, it's like a, a bastardized uh, needle. So interesting. You know what? I'm going to, I'll put something in the telegram later. If, if she puts that in. Yeah. Care, I'll, I'll talk to her after this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure she does. And yeah. I'll, tr I'll try to dig up some research from a, maybe a year ago uh, from Off Planet Radio. He took the map of, this is going to be hard to recall. It's the map from the missing 411 with David Politis and all the na national parks missing persons. He took a map mm -hmm. with all of those highlighted and he overlaid it with a map for uh, international trade zones. It had to do with trading zones in the in America. And it was a one-to-one -one on all the spots, all these hot spots for missing people correspond yeah. with these trade zones where theoretically, if somebody were being removed into international trafficking, uh, it's like a thinner, a thinner protective layer in those spots where the missing 411 is and it would be amazing if it corresponded with heart as well yeah those i heard four, 411 is a i think that's an area code in atlanta georgia and um my friend and my friend in alabama was telling me about that that just kind of, i don't know just one of those things that where you hit click and you're like 411 which means not found in atlanta atlantis you know i don't know i just like hearing Ooh. stuff like that nice 417 which is a selfeggio tone kind of nice. cool also used to be a slang word for meth because they made so much meth here and sold it <laughs> you got any of that 417 no kidding makes me that's the rumor i mean no one ever offered me meth and called it that but i've very rarely if ever been offered meth so <laughs> i don't know it's what people go say. to bisbee arizona <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to play Kaylee's call-in, and we're going to sit tight. We got actually a good chunk of call-in stuff because Lindsay left us a big one. 
So nice. we're going to float through that. Here we go. Let me know if you can't hear it very well also. Maybe too quiet. Hmm. Okay, we might be, it might be too quiet there. Um, I can see from the levels on the call in that it's quite low. So I'm not sure the best way to deal with that. I'll try to figure that out, but let's just press on. <laughs> I'll play uh, Lindsay's voicemail and see if we get a better audio volume. Might have to think of a different way to receive voicemails if the audio is bad. Oh, I see. Also, I had it muted on <laughs> StreamYard. That would explain it. Okay. Let's see if this is any better. Can this be heard or is it super quiet? Okay. If gas water flow, how does each glassy collect water weight? It's still too quiet. Okay. Well, well, I'll try to down or I'll try to like save the voice message and amplify it because I can do that on the fly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, can carry on, everybody. Carry on. We'll play Lindsay's. <laughs> There, someone made a comment here that I thought was real interesting. Uh, let's see, Shandon Shandon Baker uh, about the TV show Yellowstone and just the whole idea. There's always been talk about Yellowstone and an eruption. And when I first got into the Organite stuff, one of the things there wasn't a lot of. Pe I mean, you could always go back and talk about like Don Croft and his wife Carol. You could talk about George Richel. There were a, a few people to to look back at who'd been doing this for like 15, 20 years. But um, talk of the town and the Oregon circuit was that people had been gifting Yellowstone specifically with things like the earth pipes uh, to neutralize any potential volcanic eruption. And I'm not saying that that is certain. I'm not, I'm not, whatever. I don't have any skin in that game really. Um, but it was an interesting idea. And when you, you know, cause I, I'm not convinced that seismic activity is just the earth doing its own thing, that some of it is, you know, all the, the tower network, the frequency network, whatever it is. Um, but because of that, I it was like, oh, this had been gifted and it was never going to happen and whatever. But it was interesting that she just mentioned how, isn't there a show? And I thought, you know, now that I think about it, cause I don't watch TV, but I'm like, I have probably seen, advertisements for Yellowstone more than any other advertisement that uh, like of anything between all of the general stuff we all use. And I'm like, cause it's that show I think with Kevin, it has Kevin Costner and I know kind of the plot, but I've never seen an episode and I really don't know anything about it. I'm like, well, why is that? It's cause it's always on. And I just thought that was interesting. Like, you know, but as far as organite and gifting, supposedly it's not supposed to blow, but who knows? Maybe maybe that is a thing. I don't know. If they do, it'll be because we didn't buy enough Toyota Priuses, I'm sure. But um, yeah, who knows? So I have a pretty far out theory about uh, Yellowstone. And it goes back to the story of Typhon battling the gods of Greece what don't you have a far out theory about, dude? They're all far out. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not not ripping on you. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Those are the best. Those are the best ones to have. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, man. Eventually, you know, it kind of. I'm starting to see it like a unified theory. How they, you know, they all tie together, and part of it is just throwing away the idea that America was unfounded land. You know, and I'm realizing that a lot of these this place we're on right here 
is the location of a lot of the ancient myths, um, Greece, Greek and Egyptian both. So the story of Typhon going up against the gods and they all hide out until Typhon passes by. Um, and then Zeus jumps up and defeats Typhon with a sneak attack and he buries Typhon under uh, Mount Etna, under a volcano. And I believe that actually is an expression of the spark gap event in Colorado that caused the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a foundation of electric universe theory is that the Grand Canyon has no sedimental runoff. Uh, and so the whole theory that it was caused by erosion is just bunk. And That's was, why we need to check out Homeboy's book that I just showed because I think yeah. he gets into that sediment shit big yep. time. Yes, it's it it's such a deep rabbit hole, but you you just gotta kind of take my word on this that the Grand Canyon was caused by an electrical event, which is a beautiful articulation of the Typhon storming across the land and putting all the gods into disarray, so that the natural order of things were were scrambled. And it, the, the struggle to return back to order is beautifully expressed. And what I'm getting at is that I think Yellowstone Volcano is actually Mount Etna from that myth. And, and this is because on the grandest possible scale of the myth, if it has any significance or truth to it, uh, Yellowstone is the largest volcano. And the god Vulcan is said to have his forge located on Mount Etna. And so of all the volcanoes in all the world, if Vulcan's going to choose one to uh, be his center of power, it's going to be Yellowstone, actually, and factually. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put that into the equation that I actually think that Yellowstone Volcano is where uh, the events from that catastrophic myth uh, really took place. Yeah, the battle of the gods and the titans was here. Is the titanocomy, as it's called. I need more info on that. I'm so yeah, I'm just thinking on researching that. But I, I put a comment up here from Justin because I wanted you to see it, Mitch. Yeah, said, yeah. Thanks, dude, for the sucker punch. I love it. It's been helping me so much. Your heart into the work really shows. And just thank you, Justin. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. And that that just made my night. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I fixed the audio for Kaylee on the fly <laughs> audio engineering. Nice. Uh, so let's see if we can hear this because I want to know the astrological gravy of maybe possibly connecting to the weather. So Mitch, Gabriel, one of you give me a thumbs up. If it's if you can hear it well enough, then everyone should be able to hear it. Okay. Okay, is a chance wanted to know how does the astrology <clears throat> connect to the weather right now? Well, let's start with Aquarius. So Jupiter and Saturn are moving through Aquarius. Jupiter is about to exit Aquarius and then we'll be moving into Pisces. Often where Jupiter is tends to reflect things that we're experiencing on Earth. Same thing with Saturn, but Jupiter tends to expand wherever he touches. Aquarius is very cold. It's the sky 
It's the fucking sky. <laughs> it's a cold and windy sky. Uh, when Jupiter moves into Pisces, we're going to see flooding. <clears throat> when Jupiter conjuncts with Neptune, uh, there's a lot of astrologers predicting flooding. Um, and then if we move and talk to, about Uranus, Uranus is the uh, modern ruler for Aquarius and is the sky god. <clears throat> and uh, Uranus is currently moving through the sign of Taurus, which represents well the abundance of Earth and um, some astrologers say is ruled by Earth as well as Venus. So Uranus, you have the sky god who often brings wall explosions, but more to the point, cold, <laughs> cold and windy weather to the earth, Taurus. Um, in addition to that, we have the third and final square coming up this month between Saturn and Uranus, Saturn being in the sign of Aquarius, which I already described, and Uranus being what I just described in the sign of Taurus. And when these kinds of planets square off like they will for the third and final time this year, um, it's like uh, an explosion coming up against a brick wall. <laughs> so... Uh, there's lots of different themes that this connects to, including financial matters, um, networks, the cyber pandemic, quote unquote. That's a conspiracy theory, right? Uh, like that. But as far as weather is concerned, I think it's just a really extreme weather. Um, and just continue to get more extreme. And now, weather, not the weather, <laughs> whether that's because of the stars or whether it's just stars reflecting what's happening on Earth. I don't know. Maybe the egg, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the possible uh, manifestations of the air and of the seas is the extreme weather. And, um, I don't know, I personally think that uh, certain groups um, use astrology and kind of hack into those uh, transits that are happening um, and use them for their uh, agendas, for their purposes. So, you'd be surprised if they were trying to uh, specifically orchestrate the most destructive version of <laughs> everything that is happening. Uh, whether they're going to disappear, I don't know. That's the that's what you see. Anyway, that's briefly how the um, astrology connects to the culture. Well done, Kaylee. We appreciate that. And yeah. it's interesting because when we look at it this way, it's like the Lites, if they're influencing what's going on, they must be trying to piggyback on the timing of things too. Or maybe maybe we can just back up a step and say that they are influenced by the time of these archetypal movements but not necessarily consciously so, and that they just become the instruments for these archetypal expressions to come through. And I am starting to lean towards the latter more because 
I just don't have faith that there are that many radically intelligent masterminds out there. I think that like the evil is kind of dumb. Not that there's no intelligence to evil, but I think mostly it's a it's a helpful mindset to take a little bit of their power away and just say that they're dancing the same dance under the stars that we are and mm-hmm. they've got a costume and we've got a costume. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, what she said, like it, it sent my mind reeling about that video that we just watched with the tree getting surplanted. So she says, Uranus is in Taurus. That's an earth sign. Uranus, uh, didn't, doesn't he have a helmet of invisibility? And it's the fool card, which is the Joker, which is the Jack, which is Jacob, which is the surplanter. So we just watched a tree get surplanted out of the earth while Uranus is in an earth sign. This wow. is, yeah, this is happening on a level that uh, way above the Elites pay grade. This is out of their hands. Carol says the art intelligence is artificial. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I I definitely agree with her on that, you know, using this to their advantage to create more pandemonium, more chaos. And really, I think also to keep one of the ways they keep people in the prison, mental prison that they do is that anytime they start to realize that the universe you're in is much bigger than this physical body, it's like, we are your overlords. We are your enemy. They want you to know they control the weather, for example, because if you, if, if you thought it was anything above them, anything far more intelligent, because they're, like you said, they're not that smart. Uh, they don't want you to know that. They need to keep it as boxed into the physical three dimension as they as they can. So yeah, with the seeing all this stuff, I mean, again, I don't I don't know exactly why. I just think so much has been controlled for so long, and there's nothing you can do to really truly control it. So now that that cat is out of the bag, it's like I think we're just going to keep seeing narratives being flipped day after day after. It just like like with the with the Wuhan wiggle, it's like every day something else that they just decided today they're going to add to the talking points. It makes no damn sense. Why? Because they have to keep changing it. It's like whatever. Just all the cats are out of the bag. So, hello. <laughs> oh, I was muted. I oh. wanted to say welcome, occult priestess, to Vibrant, but I had myself muted. And I wonder, are you at Hogwarts? What's the background there? Very cool. Isn't this lovely, Nice darling? hat match, too. I, I got to put a hat on. Give me a sec. Thank you. That's what I saw, Slick Dissident. And I was like, uh-oh, there's a fedora on the show. I think maybe I want to come on. You know, this is really funny because uh, in... I fit in, in now. Nice. In um, the Back to the Future uh, breakdown, you know, Marty McFly, he is playing Uranus. And so he puts on a black hat and goes running around and he's unseen with his invisibility hat. Very apropos. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> hey, uh, you, hey, Rachel. You can't come to our show without a hat, Rachel. Oh, I don't have any she, hats. Oh, come on. You have a hat. <laughs> All right, Take that lampshade off one. over Give there and second. just put it on your head, the one behind you. <laughs> I'll get one. <laughs> you guys hey. are 
to coin that term from the other night on weaving spiders, you're fedorable. I love that. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> weaving spiders, welcome. That's perfect. Slick dissident, did you just tell us a story that Marty McFly went invisible? He, uh, he when he wears his fedora in the, uh, in I think it's just the first Back to the Future, he puts on his black fedora and he starts to embody Uranus. And 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 you may notice what that, scene? Like where is it happening? Doesn't he have like, the walkie-talkie? You mean is that the undersea dance when he puts on the hat and gets the guitar? Is that the and, point? And he even starts to disappear from the photograph. He does. That's uh. I have I have a picture of me when I was fourteen with my family, and I said, "This is my Back to the Future picture because nice. if I just dis I'll disappear from this one." That's amazing. Thank you for telling me that little anecdote. Yeah, and you'll notice if you if you ever go back or check it out, um, he is like, you know, he's about to go in through a door and all of a sudden Biff hits the door open and he gets thrown behind it and he's invisible. He goes unseen over and over throughout. And then I think he has to go back in the next sequel and there's two of him and they're never allowed to see each other. So they're even Yeah, because invisible. of the quantum entanglement. Yes, yes. Which is interesting because that's a, a that's also expressed in Captain America. Yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Have hat will travel. Will do. Okay, that's I got nice. another call in, guys. It's, this is a short one from Jen. Well, I got to unmute. It's about twenty seconds, I think. Like, wait, do you hear this? <laughs> Wendy. Ah! <laughs> Damn. Next comes the floods. Where does this lady live? <laughs> That's in Toronto. Huh. So it's everywhere, man. It was crazy here. I was like, I didn't think any of our trees would come into the windows, but that did cross my mind. I'm like, this is, it was insane. I haven't where, heard... where are you at, Rachel? Colorado, like south of Denver. So, you know, closer to the mountains, but we don't have a chance of tornadoes where I'm at, but they, I have seen cones form before in the city. If you're east enough, you'll see them. Where are the rest of you people at? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in, I'm in Missouri, Southwest Mo. Indiana. Oh, I love Indiana. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it's really powerful. Like last night with, you know, uh, David Whitehead's uh, episode with you, you know, everybody's emotions, we were, you know, getting stirred up. We were like, it's like the, uh, I even, I think my comment was, you know, it's Braveheart time, everybody. <laughs> you know, that was quite motivational. That is so fired up. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a real conspiracy theorist in your show, man. I I love this merge that's finally happening between the spiritual and the conspiratorial. Conspiratorial. <laughs> so that's just a bunch conspirituality. of conspirituality. There yes. you go. Yes, David's a mentor of mine. Him and and uh, Michael Tessarion, both of them. Have, <laughs> someone in the chat yesterday said I was a graduate of the Tessarion school and so was Whitehead. And yeah, the guy was ahead of his time because he did merge the conspiratorial with the spiritual. He coined the phrase, at least the first I ever heard it, that conspiracy, conspiracy research is spiritual work. 
in and of itself, it leads one leads to the other if done authentically. That's and really vice true. versa too. Spiritual work will lead you to conspiracy. There's no way around it if it's real. That's yeah. how I came at it, like backwards. I was spiritual first, and then I got red-filled by my spirit guide. But my mentor was Freeman Fly, freemantv.com, which is very mm-hmm. a contemporary with Michael Desarian. In fact, they kind of know each other. So I think that- <laughs> I heard the- some behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff about that from Freeman. I wish I could share, but there's like, uh, it won't get out if I say it, but there was like some some uh, drama over a girl. <laughs> I know it. I know it too, but- I- <laughs> Anyway, let's not air their dirty laundry. I just think it's so funny. Like, these heroes are human, you know? They're human. <laughs> right, right. Oh, they're totally human. But uh, Freeman's a sweetheart. He's a cancer. So he had this big friendship agenda. He's trying to get everybody to be friends. And he does rainbow gatherings. Mike so, is secretly you know, a sweetie. I the, understand off that. Off the air. <laughs> he's not really a joiner, so to speak, or getting other people. But he got you. And I'm really proud of you for, for doing all that great work with him. Oh, thanks. But finish your thought. I just kind of cut in. And yeah, I love the shows I've done on Unslaved. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. So I was saying that you and I both have older, more mature in the sense of what they've been looking at. Uh, We've been into spirituality. I've been doing paganism Wicca for 30 years. But so when you get hit with the truth of this world, more than just uh, a fairy tale that there's a devil and it's going to get you. But when you get hit with the new world order truth, it will fire you up. It'll fire your soul. And I think that's the whole freaking point is to get fire back into our souls, to get our light bumping so that we can fight this evil on the planet. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's yeah. speaking of pagans. I want to know how it went with Ben. You just talked to Balderson, right, Rachel? Yeah, it was so much fun. I'm, oh, I'm so really excited about that. Like uh, the twentieth, the episode should be coming out on the twentieth, so you guys can check that out. Tell us about but, it. Um, we went through the first day out of runes, so we just went through every single rune and we just talked through the whole thing, and it was a lot of fun. Just kind of. Did you find out your rune? Your personal rune? Did you find it? I have a few favorites. <laughs> I've mentioned one of them before. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely the ice rune, because I just, the present moment, just the present moment, and the chaos and the beauty that comes with that, <laughs> the unknown. So I love that one. But I think as far as the first set goes, um, Rido. I mean, my name starts with an R. I can't not like Rido. I love but... it. I call it Rado because it's like radio, right? It's radio. Yeah. And I yeah. use it for the Rockfin symbol of ah. Rockfin, right? For my channel. That is so amazing. I love Rado. I've done so much work on it, so I won't speak on it here. But I just thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. It's it's wonderful. It's a beautiful rune. Um, it just means a lot. It has, And I think it's especially fun during... Um, Sagittarius season that we are in, you know, going on those journeys mentally, physically, all that kind of stuff. But this in the first one, it has much more to do with grounding for sure and being grounded and something that we talked about. And since you guys were talking about the weather, um, kind of this wind and how, wherever it's coming from, you know, whoever's making it or not making it or whatever it is, um, wind makes trees root deeper. So, you know, physically and spiritually, we can take that as this is for us to root deeper because it does break off branches, anything up here, anything in here, 
that needs to go, it's going to get blown away. If it's not stable, it's time to go. Like trees naturally prune themselves by getting blown around. <laughs> That's so. an amazing concept with that rune. I'm, I'm equating it with the, the chariot or the mm, Merkaba mm -hmm. or your soul car, which is what I call it, vroom, vroom. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the motion aspect of it. And you're talking about the ice, the stillness aspect of it. That's really amazing. Yeah, I went to, um, I did this uh, forecast event with Astrology Hub and I've done it a few years in a row and they get like a whole panel. Yay. Um, they get a whole panel of astrologers and they all kind of talk about big stuff. And that's something that one of them said was, you know, being in the eye of the storm through all this. And that's where your peace is going to be. That's where your strength is going to come from is letting it all blow around and you staying solid. Nice. Which is, which is super cool. So I just want to say, I love that. It's so fitting for our turbulent times. <laughs> it, <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was looking at, um, where the procession of the equinox has this might ruffle some feathers, but I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, this, the equinox starts in Pisces, which I think is super empowering because then we're starting this next session in Christ. Like we're starting it from superhero mode. We're not, you know, that means that Aries a little bit later is going to be that much more effective. We're not starting in baby mode. We're starting in a mature mode. <laughs> I have a yeah. question. Is this an alignment that happens every year? So, or if this is, this a rare alignment? This is, this is going to be every year because it has to do. Um, oh my gosh. I can't even speak right now. Um, <laughs> you just did a huge of, show like, again. I know, I know my in. brain's like, what? Um, yeah, so the procession of the equinox, um, everything moves one degree every 72 years. So at one point, everything totally was in alignment and in this beautiful, perfect circle, but it does start to move. So the solstice has now shifted into Pisces and it's going to keep moving. So when people are like, we're in the age of Aquarius, I'm like, we're still setting up, <laughs> technically. <laughs> I agree with up. that. We're still setting up. We have a lot of death to go through. Yeah, I'll just we pull get this to the out of the deck. Aquarius. I just want everyone to see. Nice. That's the Beautiful. ace of swords we were just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Got. The, I was just wanted to check if I had the hot hand. Looks like it. <laughs> Can I get everybody's sign? I've got your location. Okay, I'm such an agent. I'd love to get your sign. I'm in Aquarius, 1974. Leo, 80, 1983. Nice. Also, it wasn't, it wasn't obvious. Uh -huh. Leo also. I got two opposite boys. Am I, am I boys. the youngest in the room? Probably. <laughs> yeah, Taurus 85. Taurus. Okay, so you're old by Venus. How beautiful. We got a lot of firepower, though. <laughs> two Leos yeah. and an Aries. Chance, I, I totally blanked. I know you have Mercury and Pisces. What are you? Aries. Aries. So we've got three fire signs. That's why me and David was so spicy last night. One Dude earth is also and an Aries. One air. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fire boys. And you got an earth and air girl to balance you all out. Very nice. It's, we're like two thirds of the way to a Captain Planet. <laughs> oh, <sweet heart. laughs> Mitch, you're all, you're Captain Planet in one. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, but yeah. All but three of the men on the top the have monkey? prominent Leo because my <laughs> I want to appreciate Rachel's hat because it's making me happy. That's a beautiful hat. Homemade by grandma. 
Lovely. Oh, it, yeah, it's made with love. No wonder it's, it's making love. me happy. <laughs> it's such good color. Isn't it fun? It's got all these colors. It's like springy. It matches the backdrop of the vibrant frame we're in here. It does. I actually awesome. used a picture of tree, a tree getting blown by the wind and then glitched it all out and mirrored it. So that's where this art came from today. Because nice. the wind was really something. Did we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's super Ace cool. Of I would like to bring up something I don't think the anyone brought up. Mm -hmm. um, did you all talk about the Banshee and how she brings the wind and she's a forewarner of death from the Irish Celtic traditions? No. Well, that's, I just uh, told Rachel's you. <laughs> cup of tea right there, though. <laughs> oh, I know about the Banshee. <laughs> that's exactly Bring it on, does. sister. Bring it on. <laughs> well, she's really... Um, like the bride that didn't get to banshee her, banter you know wedding that's that's the banshee i gotta step in with the banshee banter because it's hilarious because my name my pagan name was banshee for 10 years i even made my mother call me banshee because i was a forewarner of death Ooh. but there's also the washers right at the fjord where they wash the death clothes they're ghosts that wash death clothes and they cry and they mourn there's a lot of beautiful old tales you guys should check out yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of balance with the relationship with death. Yeah. For sure. Very different. Very different. It's interesting. Um, in It sounds to me in many languages. Uh, in Portuguese, the word for bridge is ponche. And it's spelled with a B. It looks like bench. Uh, but I find it just kind of neat that you mentioned the, the fjord. You know, wherever the fjord is, is eventually modern day will turn it into a bridge, a place for the bridge to be built across. Where is Balderson? Because we're talking about fjords and runes. So we're almost invoking <laughs> Balderson. I'll just send him a stream yard link. Times. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. So I heard a theory once that I, I think it was Philip K. Dick maybe put this idea forward that uh part of a conspiracy culture by design it preserves not just spirituality uh but it also it almost instills uh guardians and watchers and people who are sensitive and i just looked up the uh the word paranoia paranoid mm. And, you know, I wrote down here, spiritual and paranoid. And, you know, we consider ourselves spiritual, but a lot of the things we talk about when we're trying to express our spiritual perspective makes people tr get triggered and they say, oh, you're being paranoid. But I just think it's neat that, you know, the word noid means mind, of the mind. Yeah. And isn't it pan, 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 yo, pan, frivolity? craziness lunacy yes. these yeah. are wonderful things when you're doing them right right what i think they is really cool are. about and pan you, as a word or cool interesting is that in greek it means universal um, but another word for that in greek is catholic but with a k <laughs> so the catholic church is the church of pan and all of a sudden, a lot of things make sense. <laughs> Actually, Pan is the son of my spirit guide, Hermes. 
and he really is like a he's more than just a nature spirit because he's a demigod but he's not evil that's where the christians got their devil our pan yeah i never got an evil sense from pan as a concept at all but it is like over and over again this theme of the horned the horned man or the horned god coming through and that's yeah, just and i that's feel like it's a for it's meant to just be a fertility uh an element of the sun while it travels through the fertility aspects like taurus well there's special things about animals with horns and i forget it right now but mm -hmm. there is like a, a special i'm sure it has something to do with machismo or uh chi energy stuff like that but didn't harry potter potter have a patronus <laughs> 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 yes. And um to go to go like with that, I was reading um Kernanos, who is the horned god. This is his time of year. This is when the bucks have all their horns, all the trees are bare, those are his horns. Nice. It's much easier to see the dark in a sense because the trees, you know, all of that has to do with the light. So because there's not I mean, to us, it looks like there's more light because we don't have the tree blockage, but it really is a time for more darkness because there's nothing blocking it. There's nothing, you know, so this is that time of year. This is the horned God's time of year. And this is also in the Greek tradition where we go into the underworld. Mm -hmm. And for muggles, the underworld is your subconscious. And it, <laughs> it is a it's realm. Time. Yeah, it's a realm of like hell, your subconscious. It's where anything that ever bad happened to you is playing out in there like a ghost recording, understand, unless you do recovery to clear your subconscious. And then finally, when you get to the stage, you actually close your subconscious and you merge with fifth dimensional consciousness, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I like that, that caveat, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I want to also hone in on the green man aspect mm. of Pan, because I find that really interesting. Looking for something that I took a note of out of some box work a while back. And this is of interest because it <laughs> connects to our friend Gabriel here. But who's Sabak? Pierre Sabak, the author of Holographic Culture saw that i did see that okay awesome also Thank you. also the murder of reality is his other book that oh, he's got more than those two but i was particularly impressed when i brought up sabak with david last night and he had the murder of reality within arm's reach and i was like ah we're on some shit right here but okay so sabak's work i've talked about it a bunch on page 88 interesting number it refers to, this is in the murder of reality, hidden symbolism of the Speaking dragon. Speaking of Marty McFly, 88. <laughs> nice. nice. Yes, there's a lot with the 88. Uh, Islamic commentaries note the sheriff class as possessing the green veil or turban, a reference to the Quranic angel Al-Qadir, the green one. A messenger, he is a harbinger of death. Al-Qadir Rep corresponds in the Egyptian mysteries with the deity Osiris seated upon a throne of water. Osiris is reproduced as a green man embalmed in snakeskin. So there's more in this passage about 
this green-skinned being equated to the messenger Gabriel, but also he was like a scary character or this class of entity was a scary uh, harbinger of, you know. Well, look at what you're things. looking at. You're looking at the Quran, but Hermes is the green lantern. Well, the green tent, this was an interesting point that Alan made for for me about the, this is Alan's words, the greenish tent that the body may assume after death is due to the fact that gases accumulate within its cavities, a significant component of which is a substance known as hydrogen sulfide, putref mm. putrefaction, nature's recycling process. Mm. So that's interesting. And then there's more like the green dragons in general, because we're talking about we're talking about this uh, angelic entity, Gabriel. It's related to the concept of the seraphim, which are the serpents or the the watchers or the dragons. And then this set me and Gabriel off a while back when I found this passage talking about the the green dragon tavern of the Freemasonic founding fathers lore. So there's, I don't know if this matters, but this all to me is where I jump to from talking about Pan, especially. Especially because of watching Hellier, the yeah, uh, the Hellier series. Who who all have seen that? Just me and you, Gabe. Everyone oh, should watch that. It's free. And yeah. uh, they they run into a lot of they run into the Green Man and Pan quite a few ways that seem that to demonstrate that whatever it is is talking to them directly, not just <laughs> not just an idea. And it's a really interesting show. I'll I'll link that in the comments too. Yeah. Very bingeable. Check it out, people. I want more people to talk to about Hellier. And, and the I, little green goblin men is how they start out the entire investigation. Yeah. Goblins yeah. in Kentucky. And I, and I knew some goblins in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's some something else going on down there. I tell you what. Uh, I, I do, actually like Kentucky now that I don't live there. Uh-huh. I got to tell everybody, if you do watch it, power through to the second season. Like the first at the first season, it feels like you're you ended on a flop. Things get real juicy in season two, so just power through because it it's rewarding if you get to the other side. Um, but this is interesting because just an hour ago, I if was you do watch it, I have an episode with two of the producers back in the yeah. 2019 archive. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because it connects to The Shining. It too. connects to The Shining, big time. I connect um, to The Shining big time. <laughs> Raise your hand if you connect to The Shining. <laughs> I've never seen it. Ah. You will. Dude, you can't call yourself conspiracy theorists until you've seen Stanley Kubrick's movies, all of them. I know. And I haven't That's seen a good point. I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> You're not alone, Chance. Well, stop watching The Secret and get on Stanley Kubrick. So the, the green man comes up in the mysteries of Hellier um, in a major, major way. And I'll just, uh, I just heard an hour ago, somebody mentioned uh, the idea that green, because it is the center of the color spectrum, it is liminal space. It has that, <laughs> it has that liminal space, that in-between worlds uh, in the, in the, it is the newest color in the color spectrum is something chance and I went in on, but I, I will point out another uh, revelation that came to me uh, quite a while back was that the marijuana industry on the 37th parallel 
sent out seed scouts to Afghanistan to get seeds from the 37th parallel in Afghanistan that require the exact light spectrum that Kentucky receives. I'm and on so the 37th. Where yes. I'm so the green man has, I believe, uh, much to do with marijuana and the requirements of the light spectrum throughout the year for marijuana to grow in Kentucky. Well, the green man certainly has a lot to do with herbs, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say the green knight. Thank you, Jim, for that recommendation. That well, was... thank you, because I've been thinking about the Green Knight this entire yeah. time. I had Same. a client a few months, well, maybe <laughs> six months ago, and I was like, you have to see the Green Knight. This is your archetype. This is what's happening to you. And we looked everywhere for that film, and it wasn't anywhere on the internet. And then, like, really recently, they came out with a remake. I was like, oh, my gosh, did they take it away so that they could do a remake? But there's some really weird stuff in that one, I remember. Like, there's space stuff. There's, like, lasers. Mm -hmm at the end so i haven't seen it in 20 years maybe but the green knight's a big deal wow. i have the original story um somewhere so you can i mean i really would recommend reading it so that you really understand who sir gowan is and what this journey is about um, unless you watch it with your spirit guide and they tell you everything yeah totally, what i do totally because i mean and there are things in the newer one which is a beautiful piece of artwork. Um, I will say that. Film Tell us about just, the new one. I don't it's know anything gorgeous. about it. Oh my gosh. It's just the pacing is beautiful. The Just the quality of film, the lighting, the hues, the colors, everything about it is just phenomenal. And the way that the story flows and is told um, isn't too bad. There are There's like one or two scenes where I was like, I know that's different. I see why they did it. I kind of wish they hadn't because it, it did take away from it a little bit, but ultimately the ending is just beautiful. It's just such a good story. Isn't um, Sean Connery in the original one? Oh gosh. Good question. If I he ever watched it, it was Green like Knight. high school. That's yeah, why I, I was don't... so shocked that you can't find a Sean Connery movie on the internet. It was we'll like, I thought it, the it Green was Knight, evil the keeping same me as from the, watching the film. Is this based on the Arthurian legend or the same name? Yes. This is interesting because it definitely relates to this idea of death or putrefaction big time mm -hmm. because he's like a walking dead man. Well, and yeah, because they play the beheading game, which I had to look up. Yeah. But that is a thing. So it's it's very interesting. Um, oh, and especially, man, and beheading has we've been on all kinds. I of I think that's where we got lately. Highlander from. The entire series of Highlander <laughs> oh, came from nice. the Green Knight. Nice. Mm. Great call. I remember studying that in. Arthurian legend classes in university. I actually really appreciated those classes, although it would have been nice if they offered us some like Ralph Ellis to go with it. And I wonder which is older, the Green Knight or um, the crap. I'll think of it in a second. Sorry. <laughs> oh, St. George. Thank you. Mm. Uh, St. George who slayed the dragons. Is it George? I think it's George. And mm -hmm. then he left yeah. the maiden and he went to another town. He's such a rogue. <laughs> How dare. <laughs> yeah, that would be, I should look up the time for that because that would be interesting. Um, Here's a good comment from Order Abkeo. Legalization of oh, yeah. marijuana happened in 2012 in Denver and Seattle. The two teams who also played in the Super Bowl. 
Just in case you didn't know that the sports ball was rigged. Now that's how the Illuminati work. About 2004, I started seeing all these codes and signs and the TV was talking to me. And that's when, like, if you're really psychic, it just starts haunting you and you see it everywhere. It is a phase. You do get over it. But you can see codes in magazines. That, like, you can hear them talking to each other and understand what they're planning if you have eyes and ears and very psychic. That was a great catch order at KO. That was nice. I really dig that. What are the, so that's the Broncos versus the Seahawks. Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fun. That is really Isn't that fun. Yes. The horses. In, <laughs> Broncos in a way you could relate both of those teams to green or the generative principle. Mm -hmm. Because the Broncos, I guess Broncos are horses, but, you know, the whole marriage thing is based on symbolism of horses, and which is where we breed. So that well, and Seahawks, the kind of makes me think astrologically, well, where does the bird live? And that's in Scorpio, which is the reproductive organs. So you have both sides of it, the fecundity of the horse or the Bronco, or even to me, like kind of horse and Taurus connect for me. I don't know if I'm accurate on that, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Horses, horses are also okay. Horses, I just want to say one name, Epona. Yeah. Yes. E Thank you. Legend Epona. of Zelda. <laughs> Epona. No, she is a horse goddess, but I, one thing I liked about her, but is that also she, the horse in legend of Zelda. Ocarina totally. Of Time. <laughs> I didn't play enough Zelda. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was into much darker things. Um, <laughs> but Epona actually connected the Celts and the Romans on a very deep and beautiful level. Cause those two were like butting the heads. Like they have very strict rules about being together, but that was something that humanized them to each side was Epona because they both revered the horse and horses are selective breeders. They're very particular about who is in their family line. Hawks, mate for life. So it's very interesting that those two teams and those two states, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll play Zelda, okay? Just, yeah. I'll have to I really like What them. color does Link wear? He's green. a green man. Ah. Yeah, yeah, nice. I was thinking today about, you know, that the, the whole prophecy about the four horsemen and how, uh, it's kind of a no-brainer if you know about uh, horse racing culture and if you know about the behavior and the mentality and the propensity for genetic, uh, even eugenic mentality of horse culture, horse racing culture, horse breeding culture, it's almost a no-brainer to prophesize that the people who are going to fuck up this world are going to come from elite bloodlines that venerate horse breeding. And knock, knock. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> this beautiful crowd. What's happening? Good to hail, see you, buddy. Hail. Hey, stranger. Hey, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Was just talking to Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I love that I just pulled you both over to my world. <laughs> Well, we so had a fantastic talk. One of your favorite things, Ben. We've been talking about cannabis. 
cannabis conspiracies. Nice. Hey, I can't believe you invoked the Balderson. You should get like extra Hogwarts points for that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, a fucking ram's horn. That's how I should call him. Yes. Yes. Yes, the Yaller <laughs> horn. The cult priestess, very nice to see you. We were talking about Rado, which I say like radio, so I might be pronouncing it wrong. But Rachel was telling us all about your interview. Well, not all about it, because there's, you yeah. know, spoilers and stuff. Go ahead, you guys. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Love hearing it. Love hearing it. And we've got Mitch up here. How you doing, brother? What up, Ben? How you been? Oh, rainy, rainy. I heard <laughs> just a tad. That's how we started out. This chat was talking about weather fuckery and how windy it is across like the entire North American continent for some reason. Where are you at, Ben? Do the banshees get you yet? He's in California, like yeah. you. Oh, you're in California. Yeah, <laughs> That's terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I'm in uh, Humboldt up there. By all, I live right in between Alder Point and uh, Garberville. Well, that's nice up that way. I'm 10 minutes from downtown Los Angeles. Ah, well, we will have to hang out and do a live thing when I go down there. And uh, I got to go down to L.A. and uh, shoot with uh, XG and everything and go hang out in uh, Cypress Hill or uh, Be Real studio. Half of Cypress Hill anyways. Sweet. Which is just going to be horrible Can for I me. come? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be horrible for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, come, you can come to my you can come to my house and we we can go live whatever you want. You just tell me. Very nice. Yeah, we got the uh uh there's a couple sessions down there too and my daughter wants me to go. We could actually probably go to that together. My daughter wants me to go to this uh there's a really cool crystal store down there that she sent me a link to and wanted me to go to. Yeah, I know the ones by the beach, and they're they're really nice. It, even cheaper ones on the beach, which is where I shop. <laughs> Yo, guys, I just noticed that also in this conversation, nice, Jonathan. we got Mitch and Baldy in here. Check out their talk on Odin's Alchemy. Mitch has been all over the place lately yeah. with amazing talks on his Orgone tech that, but that one with ben was particularly enlightening because of all the electri electricity gravy all these got i will say there were yeah. there were certain people who've who followed me through other outlets that were just absolutely fascinated with ben and yeah it just to be able to talk about you know again it's not just about busting towers it's like the electric universe and yeah. you know being stuck in this car battery that you know, I don't know if anyone's seen that. Is is it still is it taboo to talk about Rick and Morty? I'm sure there's probably a bunch of skeletons in the closet about the show. But it was I the, hate them because they I, made they they revealed their hand with the prince death. Oh, did they? I right I haven't prince seen it in a while. Died, I just they made a joke about uh, a a scientist formerly known as Rick dying in an elevator, and then that week oh. Prince di died in the elevator. So that I'm mad, is, I'm mad at them. But well, I was just not everyone's fault on the staff. It could have I, been an inserted well, joke, but you know, I, still I just, I just so. mean, I just mean the episode with the car, with the car battery, and you know, whatever keeps summer safe. I remember that. <laughs> but a, the idea of the universe, it is a good episode, the universe and the battery and the battery, and I'm just like, oh my god, what are the odds? If 
we find out, you know. So you bet. You bet. Them assholes always having to put things in everything and that yeah, I've actually seen Rick and Morty because uh uh one of my best friends in the whole world is my oldest grandson. And uh like the first uh couple of years of his life he spent almost every weekend with me. Um and uh forgot my hat. I got I got we've all got hats on, buddy. I, I hold on, hold on. <laughs> I also wonder if Balderson has ever heard of Bjorn, and if so, what does he think of Bjorn? Right? Y'all know Bjorn, the the guy that does I don't know what would you call honey? him? Is it the weird like um, alternative Bjorn's honey? No, <laughs> Bjorn is a guy that lives in the woods. And he does <laughs> yes, it's me in a hat. It is. It's me. And <laughs> I know. Oh the my dog god! Strange it. man. <laughs> I love that hat. That's so Hogwarts and Harry Potter. But do you know Bjorn? Like um, uh, you... a, 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 as a speaker? Yeah, I wondered what you thought about uh -uh. his work. Uh uh. Oh well, I'll send you his work. I think you guys are brothers or something. Please do. Uh, up until now, uh, honestly, I was just talking about how earlier, how just, uh, and I was just talking to my wife about this, that, uh, uh, how fantastic it was to talk to Rachel. Cause I so very seldomly get to talk to anybody that's, uh, had, puts any real thought into heathen and into the things and, and the few that actually do end up getting caught in the uh, Thorson flowers trap and you know you, you end up seeing What's a lot that? of that well there the, the vast majority of uh he uh rune type things and uh like any heathen magic type stuff there's a writer named Edred Thorson or uh, Stephen Flowers is his actual name I know that guy he's like yeah, he's like the uh, uh, some high priest of the Church of Set, he's, high muck he's muck like nut the, nut. He's like the Corey Good of runes, dude. Yeah, it, bad. It, it's bad, and he's got so you know you can go to Barnes and Nobles and find six different books by him, but not anybody worth a damn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the guys. Those horrible. authors, they always get on my nerves. I hate those authors. I know exactly what you're bitching about because I bitch about it too. Yeah. Yeah, he's horrible. That would be the trifecta, by the way, if we got Jim in here as number seven, also with a hat, because he's always got red hats. <laughs> what now, Balderson, what do you think about Ralph Blum, who is not a traditional runist, but he actually helped my mother learn runes? No, he's very interesting. He he is interesting. I actually have one of his books also. Um, I actually like him. Um, and then, uh, the only other one that I really like that I've read, um, cause I ended up giving up on a lot of them just cause so many of them, um, like Rachel and I were just talking about so many of them, they immediately start out with that Fehu's money and wealth and everything else. And then I kind of, you've already kind of lost me at this point. Um, because if I, if I'm, if I'm looking, go ahead. 
How much, sorry, how much do you think this stuff, like these authors and all of these fake spirituality is related to the new world order? Oh, well, they yeah. own a lot of damn publishing companies. That's a question. Yeah, no, Probably that's, I, I think if they, if, if you see them in Barnes and Noble and they are somehow um, allowed to be, have a big space in the public space and make a lot and make a substantial amount of money, then they're cool with the, with the people controlling things. None of us, I mean, in a fair world, any of us would, you know, uh, have a ton more people wanting to listen to what we have to say, wanting to check out our stuff. But when you go in and, you know, Honestly, one of my biggest shows that I ever did um, that got the most attention, uh, it was a Freeman Fly episode, you know, and Freeman Fly's, you know, as OG as it gets in this. And uh, I did this episode just drop dead. And I had everybody's jaws just dropped. I had all kinds of people calling me, um, you know, shooting me messages, trying to get me on their shows. And I got negative five subs that week on my own personal. <laughs> That's yeah. the same with me, dude. That's I saw amazing. no. Well, I just want to say no real quick. Bump from going on Freeman on my YouTube, it was like you guys bringing up Freeman Fly. I gotta say, Freeman Fly is my friend, and I love him very much. And I thank you for invoking him. I'm but we'll never get him in this chat. Interverse, it's gotta happen next <laughs> week. Freeman, I'm pretty friendly with Freeman. Yeah, I know. I saw your episode, dude. It was awesome. Well, I saw it. I heard your episode. It was awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think uh, I've been friends with Freeman for two or three years now. Uh, Steve Mercer, Freeman's uh, manager, is just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, and also, like Freeman, they're oh, both sweethearts. Dude. You don't get sweethearts a lot these days. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, Hopefully on that last episode that I had with him, uh, Freeman comes over and gets some more interest because I, I was talking to him off air quite a bit about Rockfin and how they're set up. And Freeman and was I real. Got Freeman, I got Freeman on Rockfin. I did that. He's on Rockfin, dude. Nice. You can go to his channel. Nice. But you can encourage him to post more on Rockfin, please. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was talk, telling him how much, uh, how well Steve does, my Steve Poikinen from Slow Newsday. Um, and Freeman's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you just got to get on there. Start talking, man. All you right, know? I'll bug um, him. Yeah, Freeman's, tell him to get out of the NFTs for a minute and come back to our world for a second. But he just <laughs> entered the metaverse. I don't know if we'll ever get him out of there. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> we need a Freeman yeah, actually, if you fly go to Freeman fishing fly, rod. Go to his Twitter, and he changed his icon for the very first time, I think, ever. And it's a monkey because he bought the monkey suit to live in uh, Avatar, to live in the metaverse. <laughs> so if you check out Freeman Fly's Twitter, it has transformed quite a bit. Hmm. Ah. I'm going to go check it ah. out. Yeah, he caught, let's see, not this last time that I was on with Freeman, but the time before, he, he hit me with that uh, NFT stuff, and I had no idea what he's talking about. And then he's talking about mining and all this, and I'm like, well, you got a picture you mined? 
Like, what the fuck? What's going on? You know, and he just sideways, and I'd never heard of any of these things. You know, he he, he didn't realize how horribly, uh, you know, I, I can do a lot of things, and I know a lot of things, and I pick things up easy. But also, if I'm not exposed to it, I, I have a lot of real big holes, you know, especially in the popular things of today that I don't see or hear anything about. I'm like, what are you even talking about, man? Well, what I've intuited from Freeman is he's used to people not understanding him. But yeah, I felt the same <laughs> way. Like you're talking to me, but in Swahili, I do not understand. I don't even understand Bitcoin yet and how Rockfin pays people. So I'm still way behind. But he did take a minute to try to explain sure. it to me. But it's just so... Uh, I guess there's too much science in it for me to even pay attention. Well, well, the, this this Bitcoin thing, I'm actually kind of bitter about. By the way, that's working. Rockfin, in and of itself, is is very generous and they're excellent. But then when you get into the whole crypto thing, like Rockfin puts it into your wallet. Well, then for you to be able to even do anything with it, you have to have other cryptos because it's an Ethereum driven. And I just learning this because I tried to send Jared money. Um, so you have to. So I tried to send Jared his percentage and uh, freaking then these little some things kind of, come up, you know. It's a gas right. tax. They call it a gas tax. Yeah. Well, and then also a mining a mining. <laughs> this is good. And, and going, this nice one, dude. <laughs> the original NFT. And I'm going, oh my God. Why, why, why do I have to pay a mining fee on something that's already been minted and given to me? I don't understand. It's already been mined. How do you mine something that's minted? I, I, this is confusing as fuck. And then, so it's they want small, you though, to. Right? Like pretty like very much the a fee? of a fraction the mining fee for the, the gas oh no it's, it's like 35 bro it's like 35 oh. percent, bro oh, to try and on the, your money. it depends on the day it depends on where you're going with mm-hmm. but chance every time i have, checked hmm, okay. it's worked out There's, for me so far yeah you have done this <laughs> chance is the only one i think in the room who's actually converted ray coin to cash is that true can you tell us your story no, I haven't turned it to cash. I've turned it to other. I've turned it to Ethereum <laughs> and to uh, Bitcoin. And then what does Ethereum good, good and Bitcoin do? do? How does it become money, <laughs> Chance? How does it become money? Well, there's a lot of possible ways, but you got to decide for yourself the way you want to do it. And if you want to just find a simple, easy way, they exist. But then those are very transparent to like the government, I guess. And then there are more sneaky ways that you might go about it, but they're trickier. Well, and I I'm think we need a class not, on this. I'm not the teacher of this class. Let me tell you. You know what? Find one and bring them around. I need the fucking class. Here's myself. the thing: there are people out there who are maximizing on this and offering classes to teach you how to trade. Like, there's already a multi-level. There's already an MLM set up for it. Um, one lady almost got me to do it. Like I, I look at everything very skeptically. I'm like, oh, I'll try this, you know, just to see how far I can get before I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no. But <laughs> that was that was a thing. It looked very, very mm. professional. It had all these great see? reviews. There's all these people telling you how to do it, and it just it was too MLMy for me, you know. It was which was too bad because I hate if you want to teach schemes. somebody. 
I'm afraid that we are in one. Well, yeah, if you work for a corporation, you are in one. But because that all that money goes up to the top. And the whole MLMs try to tell you the pyramid is flipped where we all benefit. But no, you guys, there's a a teacher. There's a teacher who's hilarious called Kit Boga, K-I-T-B-O-G-A. And he does he calls scammers on the phone and messes with them for hours at a time on Twitch daily. But he also does classes on these people and how to get out of scams or how not to be scammed in the first place. So I highly suggest Kit Boga. Good tip. (laughs) It's too bad because it's like I think plenty of people want to learn about this stuff. But when you put it behind, you know, it's like, okay, you want to be compensated for your time. I get that. But to promise people, oh, we'll guarantee that you're going to make this much trading. We'll give you our, our trading platform to use. You know, I kept checking up with the lady, like, bless her sweetheart. She was trying to do this. And I kept checking up. I'm like, have you traded anything? Have you cashed out? Have you, you're taking, you're spending hundreds of dollars on these classes. Are you making any of this back? Like well, you know what? It's also weird is a lot of these people do these coins and just want to hang on to them. And like you're just saying, don't cash out. And they're like, yeah, I, like I'm all invested. And even actually Sam Tripoli, when him and uh, Brian Callen were talking about it, and Brian's like, yeah, if I got this and it made a million dollars, I'll sell it. And Sam's like, no, you don't want to sell it. Then people will think like, like, why the fuck wouldn't you want to sell it? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah, these people are in a very different tax bracket than us, and we don't really talk about that enough. Mm. Class warfare. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and Sam, the- I like Sam, but isn't he an actual employee of Rockfin too? Sam's got his uh, finger in a lot of pies. Sam is not. He's he's an owned man. You know that. I mean, he's a professional comedian, dude. Yeah. No, he's not. He, he's, yeah, he's like their director of something. He's like their director of expansion or something. Actually, he's in charge of comedy and spirituality at Rockfin. Right. They right. need a new spirit. No offense, Sam, but like he should just be the comedy guy. That's too but many But the hats. thing is, is that spirituality has started making money. And that's why Sam's in spirituality. And I don't, I mean, that's why Rockfin put him in there. He's a celebrity. He's a big guy. And he's interested in the loosh. He's very interested. He's like a Joe Rogan type, don't you think? My wife agrees. He was good on my, when I went on his show, I did enjoy it. But I it love going on Sam's show because you can mess with like him. like other shows where there's all this space. I felt like I really had to be like, okay, let me actually make my point because there's a time limit here. Yeah. You know, really? Who, 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 who is like that? I was on his shorter show that was called Zero. It's his. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another show. So all this industry with the crypto, it all reminds me very much of uh, the feeding cycle for the giant squid, and mm. how the giant squid never comes into the light of day. They stay down in the murky. They never do any work. All they do is they just breed. And their babies go up to the light by instinct and do all the work. And they go up to the top to get the plankton that's in the light of day. And then they grow and mature. And the, the larger the baby gets, 
the lower it comes down, back down to its mother and father, to the origin, to the source. And when in on its way, it's getting eaten by other squids periodically. And so they're just growing and growing by consuming one another. And then once they get down to the bottom depth where it all started, where the origin point, that's when mom and dad eat the babies. Hmm. And that's what I think. What the fuck? It's a Saturn fish, dude. It eats its own children. It eats its own children. No, but how do they survive? It doesn't make a lot of sense. How do they survive? (laughs) Tell me that, like as a species. They just make a bunch of them. Make a bunch of babies. You got to have a whole lot so of you can't in. you can't eat them all. Is that the point? Well, they eat each other, and then you eat the the cream of that crop. Yeah, that's my very philosophy. Ouroboros. Yeah, yeah, very like what we're experiencing. Well, actually, you know, pop does eat itself. The snake that eats its own tail. That's what happens to evil. That's what Hermes told me. Pop will eat itself. So we just have to bear with it until mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, but everything, the seed, the seeds of its own destruction are buried inside everything. You know, good, evil, the whole nine, everything, you know, every single plant has its own yeast that's going to break it apart and deteriorate it down inside the plant just waiting to go come screaming out even your human body will ferment yeah the the seeds of the destruction are planted inside of every single thing without a doubt it's gonna fall yeah except for the multi-dimensional things like love and the higher realms this place is impermanent that's what buddha told us this place is totally impermanent so enjoy it while you can and that's what i try to do (laughs) yeah well and enjoy the impermanence of it I think that's that's key too. Is hey, this isn't going to last. So, you know, I just wanted to make a comment. There were a couple comments uh, going on on the side about the crypto and the internet, and when you know, can't they just pull the internet and all that? Those that are in the know, uh, or you know, that are, I wouldn't say they're the ones taking these classes. They're the ones who figured this out, this whole scheme, early on. Um, you get into like hard wallets and things like that, but it's even, it goes beyond that where people are, uh, I mean, I, I watched a video. So I think I, we paid, it was a subscription. We had someone did a special video for their Patreon followers and they talked specifically about how to, uh, buy a, like a very specific type of computer and then to wipe the computer a certain way. And you had to like buy two computers, set up one a certain way one of them never touches the internet one of them is your hard wallet you have to overlay ubuntu mm. linux over window you can't use any windows any mac that's completely out of the question and like every time you turn on the computer you have to do a certain process <clears throat> that activates this alternate software and then you can do your banking and then you get off of it and it's like they're they're after i think it was two hours into the video my head hurt so bad yeah. Um, but the only reason I'm going through the process is I I had somebody recently come to me and they said uh, they they were doing a reading and they were just just a very supportive individual that came into my life and said you know Mitch this is your time like financially they said something's coming for you in a good way I mean <laughs> and I thought like okay you know everyone just thinks like am I going to win the lotto numbers or what and it just so happened that over the last few months I met. A group of people I never would have thought were like the crypto know-it-alls 
um, because they're like people I they're my like parents and and older uh, age group, and here they are teaching me, showing me how to do all this stuff. But I took it all in and started considering it uh, because I thought if this person was telling me the truth that it really is like you know something's coming uh, in a benefit way. Uh, and then there was another gentleman who is a crypto trader who told me, he's like, Mitch, I just have a feeling like this is your year to figure out like the abundance and all this stuff so that I can like fund the projects I'm doing. And so I just, I keep going with it, but it's such Jupiter a, and Venus are doing some things soon. I mean, it's, it's such a headache and it's so, and also, you know, I know it's a Ponzi scheme, but the, the way people, what people will do is they'll, they'll get all their money to a certain degree and then when it gets opened up to everybody or everyone catches on basically everyone who's busy watching cnn right now they're going to be like oh crap the dollar is gone and they're going to be converting all their money over in in a, you know an appropriate manner that the government will probably orchestrate but they're all going to shift their money into the these alternate currencies these digital currencies that will make everyone who got into it early incredibly wealthy uh because you know if you bought an XRP at 10 cents or a, a penny versus, you know, 525, you're going to make whoever bought it at, you're, you're going to make the person who made, bought it at 10 cents a millionaire and you're going to be converting over five bucks for every, so you'll just stay in the same bracket or you'll be kicked down further in the line of class, class warfare, basically. Well, every economic reset is a basically a big wealth funnel transfer. Yeah especially from those who are not ad early adopters. So, and yeah. then there's a great point made by Thoth, Mark in the chat about how does this make crypto practical and a real case to use case use to where it is worth what it is. Well, it isn't worth anything. It's it has no, no actual value. We did a really good episode earlier this year with Dylan Sicosio. Um, basically right. we're going from, this was all about cryptocurrency and the plant. Like, look up crypto on Google. Just type the word crypto in, and the definition is actually very surprising. <laughs> what were you going to say, Nicole? Is, what's that? I wanted to thank you, Balderson. <laughs> I wanted to say that it was actually my spirit guide that got me on Rockfin and got with the crypto, and he said, it's time. <laughs> I've known about cryptos forever, obviously, but this was important and so i did it even though i know it's tainted that's how i feel about it too i'm not saying don't use it just be aware of yeah. what it is yeah. and could be that what i was going to say I mean, about the I definition mean, for me, is, it's no different than go ahead chance i'm sorry i'm sorry oh, sure. chance, real quick the crypto means in as a slang word an adherence to a secret creed or belief particularly communism that's what crypto mm. means as a word, mm. just crypto by itself. Obviously, that's not what people mean when they say cryptocurrency, but the whole move is part of the step towards the universal basic income and world communism. Now, that doesn't mean we can't use it to our advantage. No. Also, it, it real is quick, is. is that I hate Bolsheviks, and this is what we're dealing with now. Like, <laughs> They hate Bolsheviks. That's where I got the word from. They were like watching conspiracy videos with me and they would, I would hear Bolsheviks, Bolsheviks. And now mm. I know. And so I hope we all do too. Yeah. Good call. Well, and in the, in the forecast that I attended, that's what one of the guys 
there was one guy that talked a lot about crypto and his biggest point, he's like, whatever you do with it is whatever you do with it. But his biggest point was be educated, whether you participate or not, whether you're like, I would prefer not to participate, but it would still be wise to know what it is, know how it works. And it seems like we kind of have to. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just logical and that's what wisdom is. And it's what knowing how both sides, I mean, if we're going to be in the spiritual battle, don't you want to know what the other side is up to? Don't you want to know how things work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don't you want to turn nice. their game into their monopoly money into actual gold? That is, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why the, I think we need a, we need a crypto symposium for the spiritual people, dude. So yeah, people that is really a fucking know. definition. A person having a secret allegiance to a political creed, especially yes. communism. That's, that's literally what the word crypto means. Yes. Yeah. So I did a whole two hours with Dylan about that very subject. I'll I'll pull up that show and link it. Very deep shit. But yeah. blockchain isn't much nicer either. I mean, blockchain. crypt isn't that nice. Right. <laughs> so, dusty crypt. I, I I feel whenever somebody says blockchain, I feel like like it's some magic shit that I have no clue what the. Oh yeah, but it's backed by blockchain. Do you know what a blockchain is? I and there's not what one the blockchain. It's, it's all part of the matrix, dude. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, <laughs> if we used it to get ourselves actual land and resources, then we win. Yeah. If we stay right. in the monopoly game until the point where you have to have your cowpoke to even use your cryptos, and my, Bill Gates installs his biometric scanner chip in your body to dock your cryptos if you do naughty stuff then you know then you lose but i think that we have a big window like a longer window than probably the bad guys would want to give us about this because it seems like they're fumbling quite a lot right now well what's happening right now with these group meetings and all of us i mean we could be on the same land having a fire this could be real this was real this used to be real this is what we did in past lives and we can do it again if we all balls up and make some commitments mm-hmm. let's go all meet at snake jones farm yes at the spring equinox i'll be there yes i'm there <laughs> Joe suds his balls too much for me to be uh for me to look be at his <laughs> in the spring. i'm talking about living living on that the same be land because <laughs> travel travel isn't going to be made possible you guys we really have to have land like you said mm-hmm. And so it's not about traveling here and there because they're going to get you. If you make your own land, we all have our own damn food. How powerful. Talk about superheroes. That's power. Yeah, we should uh, all learn how to generate our own affidavits to have the right to travel and to establish Mm -hmm. those truths and make them more common yet again. I want to match your definition there, Chance. The definition of credit is a creed to debt credit is a debt creed and technically only slaves deal in debt debt is the currency of the slave Mm -hmm. debt is sin this all goes back to the freaking romans you know that and then the roman catholic church and it's all been what we call the new world order all along if you want to go back i'll take you but i'll take you back to ancient egypt even before rome when the abrahamics got us so <laughs> well, don't get me started don't get me started 
I'm so glad I'm not the only Abraham one. Abraham marched up and joined forces with with Rome, and now everybody pretends like that was us, and like that's where we come from. That's the Mediterranean. They're batshit crazy. It's a bunch of crazy shits. Has nothing to do with us. Oh. I am so on that, brother. You and I probably knew each other. This is past life stuff. Rachel, are you getting it too? You know what I'm saying? You oh, totally. I, I got you. I got you. I've Man. dealt with these Hicksaws before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No That's use. Oh, God. I was going off earlier today. And then the worst part is then anytime they say pagan, they start talking about Roman rituals and things. Like before Rome converted to Christianity, even the Romans didn't follow that crap. That's why they converted their own people. Fuck the Romans. They didn't even fight about it. Fuck the Romans. And that's why Nobody they're always talking about Rome. Venus and fucking Saturn. And I'm like, those things don't even fucking exist. They're not Greek. Like, yeah. Yeah, the bunch of damn crazy little fuckers. I think it's that Mediterranean Ocean. Whatever's in the water there, it's not right. <laughs> All right, here's what it is. And I was reading about this on a serious level. This is what I've been studying. There were comments made about how it's the bread and it's the wine. Bread and the wine. Because, I mean, I can pull up, I can try to pull up the quotes, but even Boudicca was making these observations about the Romans. They're like, they survive on this pansy stuff. And if they don't have it, they flounder. I can walk, I can swim through this river. I can eat whatever I want, pick it off the ground, so much stronger than these people. And that's how those civilizations, that's how the Celts fell. It's falling in love with wine and falling in love with bread. It's not that you it's can't eat It's the sugar monster, honestly. It's alcoholism. Yeah, it did, it we're, allergic. we're allergic to alcohol. Well, a lot of us are allergic to alcohol. Beer's fine. And we're allergic to sugar. <laughs> And alcohol and sugar, my point is that alcohol and sugar are actually the same thing in your body. Mm -hmm. Right? Does everyone know that? Yeah. The white worm. Yeah. And so wheat and bread, and when these things were introduced into the diet way back in ancient times, mm -hmm. and they were used to excess, it made us stupid. Bread oh, yeah. and circuses, <laughs> that's the same thing, right? That's exactly right? what happened. That's why you have these well, stereotypes. Well, and real life examples of this is real talk you know yeah. the northern peoples being alcoholics because they couldn't stop they couldn't get off of that they're like the yeah. wine tastes so good compared to beer which was probably a lot healthier yeah. for them but that's it started so much beer, earlier beer on. and mead mead, yeah. beer and mead, yeah. which, mead is good which <laughs> you gotta have exactly. your mead very low very low alcohol percentages compared to the 30 mm percent -hmm. alcohol wines and some of those meads fuck no they don't taste good some of those beers fuck no i've got i've got an ancient recipe fucking book that's just all those and then another thing that isn't in the most of those beers is hops you man tittied sons of bitches hey, you know. <laughs> ipas <laughs> And you know, that's how the new world order, as I call them, we can call Is it. Is that why they like the androgen gods, androgyne gods? Because yeah. the men have tits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, oh. you know here's, here's, here's something else to this whole equation is uh, the word pagan in its time and place meant inlander. It's just people of the woods and but stuff. Somebody who is removed from the waterways where the Venetians, Phoenicians, and the traders we're bringing their culture, proliferating it around the world. And what are we looking for right now? 
We're looking for the law of the land. We're looking for common law. We're looking for standing under our feet. And this that's how old this battle is. And Damn, in, dude. That's true. Yes. You're going to find it in nature. You're going to find it there. Yep. The thing is, is that the bread and the wine and alcoholism and addiction, all of these things is how we are controlled. That's mm-hmm. why in poor people areas, mm-hmm. you will see alcohol on every corner. There's also a funeral home. Hmm, are they related? This is all evil or the new right. world order. And Bar I wanted to say, a gun store. I wanted well, to announce here for the very first time that I'm going to be doing some recovery work with my Rockfin audience. Whoever shows up, it'll be free. It's going to be live streamed about four weeks of every, I haven't picked the day yet, that we are going to go through emotional recovery together. It's the hardest work you will ever, ever do. Ben, this is serious. And I've never brought this to a large group before, but I'm going to be there emotionally for all of you. And we're going to go back into our childhoods. We're going to look at our parents. We're going to look at all of our addictions and our problems. And we are going to take a big swim in Lake Me, you guys. So please join me. I'll be announcing that soon. Okay. Beautiful. This is the time of year for it. Perfect. I love it. Now, I want to bring up something because we talked about the Gabe just brought up the maritime and that their coastline. What does your that, shirt say, Chance? Susquehanna Alchemy. Mike nice. <laughs> nice. It's a pretty good shirt. Yeah. Nice. So I noticed um, we call them the mafia, right? But that's also a gang. And I looked up the word gang on a Weaving Spiders a couple weekends ago. And I'll screen share it so you can read along. But a gang has some very interesting meanings. Obviously, you have the meaning we're familiar with, but older meanings would be a number going in a company, so a corporate concept, or a gang of thieves. We know about that. It's also, in seaman's language, a select number of a ship's crew appointed on a particular service. And then... In mining, a coarse or a vein, <laughs> basically the earthy, stony, combustible substance that contains the ore of metals or is mingled with it. So that's called the gang or matrix of the ore. And I found that really interesting because we equate the medical industry with the mafia. And what are they? They're docked ores. Dock. They dock the ore when they deliver the baby, bay, a bee, honeymaker. The bee of the bay, because yep. they're everything's aquatic with this. Yes, bay, anyway, a bay is an entry point. It's uh it's in between. It's in the gates. It's in, that's a good one, and that makes me think of gangplank. A gang load of gold is like a is a vein of gold. It's my bay right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so this is this is fun, but we're gonna move towards the ending. Nice. I know no one wants to, but we have right after this an entire additional stream on the Weaving Spiders Welcome channel called Flow State. Maybe heard of this before. Jim Maiden does this, hosts this, and we get together. Me and Gabe will be there. Pretty sure Rachel will be there, and we read books. We like we read like passages and poetry and chapters to each other. Interesting things. We have this type of conversation flowing and bouncing between ideas and connecting dots while 
the people on stage are doing art and pointing their cameras at the art and uh, people in the audience and in the live chat are encouraged to work on their art too. So we're stimulating the right brain and the left brain simultaneously working on that mechanical left brain side, practicing a craft and then the right brain receiving information and stimulation creatively. So it's really fun. Flow state James, are you going to be there, Chance? Who who here is going to go to Flow State next? I always go. Three, three. Okay, uh, cool. I can't. Got some hard to work on. <laughs> oh, Mitch, you will have to next time. I, I would. You know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I could sit here and make Organite, but I'm in my office and the fumes would probably kill me. So, oh, yeah, uh, don't do that. No, I mean, I would <laughs> never, <listen>. but <laughs> yeah. And they really would. Oh, God, now I'm going to get so much. Get a lot livelier. I'm going to get so much grief about the resin again. There are there are less dangerous forms of resin, and yes, I use them. So anyone who catches that and wants to write me an email about it, you can save yourself the hassle. So. <laughs> I, I sniffed say, thanks glue for this as an 11-year-old. I just would tell you that. And the, 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 the wall opened up, and I saw angels when I sniffed glue as an 11-year-old. Wait, what year were you born? <laughs> 1974. Alex Jones and I oh. had the exact same. Birthday. So it was still toxic, but I guess it was, or it still had its, um, yeah. All right. It was still poison. Did you, guys see, did you guys see the Clive Owen uh, interview that I just said that just came Clive dropped? DeCarl? Or Clive DeCarl. Wow. I caught some of that. It's it late. Was really I'm working on it. <laughs> I need to oh, see more man. of it because it was really good. Well, at the yeah. end, Clive. It's only eight Clive o'clock. Says, yeah, I'm like a bird. Like I get up, I get up. Like my goats are screaming around at friggin' five thirty six. Well, then you know, at like as soon as the sun goes down, I'm like, <laughs> that is a real <laughs> lifestyle. That's what were you gonna life. say about the Clive episode? I'll link that too. Just people need to go. Oh to wow! Alchemy yeah, that that gets wild. Clive starts talking about. Uh, Every kind of psychedelic you can imagine. I'm just like, dude, I knew he was. What? Oh man, the, the 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 highlight, the end of it. He's talking about uh, getting naked with a woman and going into and out of the K hole. I'm like, so what he's just about horse medicine? He's on ketamine. He takes horse medication. Those rich people are weird. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Clive's the man, though. He definitely knows his stuff, and I'll have to catch that because when I talked to him, we did discuss some Clive is awesome psychedelia as well. <laughs> Jenny yeah. says Clive's voice is unparalleled bliss. Yeah, he just sounds like thirty <laughs> IQ points smarter because of the accent. Love it. No, Clive, Clive is absolutely fantastic, and ninety. 90- percent of the episode is just fantastic and it's extraordinarily intelligent and it, and very helpful not that that last part isn't fantastic i just didn't see it coming all of a sudden i'm like hold on are we just talking like down and dirty about psychedelics all of a sudden wow <laughs> man's just being honest about his life i guess oh yeah absolutely it was a wonderful conversation um, definitely not something that you would expect if all you ever listen to is Crow with him, you know, it's because Crow is very proper, um, yeah. and that's very proper. 
I, I get the same thing though, because like uh, the couple episodes or the couple shows where they're a little bit goofy, and I can let loose. People are like, "What?" Like, yeah, I'm not that uptight. I I live out on a farm. I'm covering three different kinds of shit at all times. How serious do you think I am about myself? <laughs> So y'all, we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna pull the plug, which is tough. But before we go, I've got a big voicemail from Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways to play. So I'm gonna hang out while that plays, and that will be how I end this as well, because I don't want to take too much longer and cut into our flow state time. So you guys can dip or hang out for this if you want. I'm gonna hang out in the chat while we listen to this voicemail. She's gonna tell us her story about the windy day and also one day of brightness that's coming up so uh, also thanks to everyone who's been in this and you're all welcome to call in another time and it was quite an all-star cast what a good time love you guys much love see you guys much love everyone see you mitch bye guys all right i'm gonna play this Lindsay voicemail gabe first to show up last to leave you're my man Fam, it's Lindsay Sharman. I am so sad that I wasn't able to be on Vibrant tonight with Chance and all of you. It's such a fun time. I just had a crazy windstorm today. I live in Colorado, south of Denver, and we've had 100 mile an hour winds, I believe, all day long. Um, we lost my tree, my baby tree. I'm so sad. It was our only shade tree, our only evergreen. Super tall, maybe like 40, 50 feet tall nice big old tree and it just died and I was like spending time like meditating on it and giving it strength because I just knew it was like being blown you could actually see the roots like lifting out of the ground basically every time the wind gusted it was like lifting up the whole yard with it and it was just oh it was so sad but um alas I failed and it collapsed and so our tree is dead and so I'm really sad I literally cried because that's um that's who I am. I'm a person who cries when their tree dies. So it was really sad. And um, we went and surveyed some of the chaos when the power went out because we're like, well, there's nothing better to do, right? We'll go out and see what happened in the in the van in Falcor. If you know Falcor, if you've watched Rogueways Road Trips, my big green tank of a van. And so we were driving around and seeing all the damage. And there was um those huge pylons or those, you know, the big, big power lines, not the not your kind of average medium <laughs> or small size power lines but those giant you know metal ones along this one main road were all just on their like diagonal like almost on their side like just pulling each other i've never seen that big of uh of these pylons falling over and so that was really that was the one that shocked us there was semis there was at least seven seven semis we saw that had blown over on the freeway um we saw at least literally 50 or 70 evergreens mostly blown over just like ours every single street we went down every single block there was at least one if not two or three trees that had blown over so a lot of damage a lot of stores had their signs blown off roofs blown off like really crazy windstorm so we were really lucky to just have a tree down and and lose power and nothing else happened our chickens are fine everything's good um, but it was crazy, and you know, I was just saying recently on a couple shows, and I'm sure you guys have all noticed too that we seem to be getting a, a strange weather event in every region, um, as planned, just so we can all have 
you know, that next little hook, get us hooked into the narrative that climate change is real bad and we're all going to be scared of that again uh, and pull off some even more, you know, degradation of our society and integrity and all of this. So um, clearly that's, you know, the, the goal, that's what's happening. But, but anyway, it was very intense. It was a lot of damage done and hopefully everyone's okay. But... I uh, therefore have no power. I had to drive up to Denver to stay with family so that we could have warmth because it's going to be 20 degrees tonight. We don't have a wood stove or anything. And so we're lucky to have this option. And so I wasn't able to come on the show and uh, lots of other things got pushed around and out of the way too. But one thing that is definitely going to happen no matter what is one day of brightness. And that is this Sunday. If I'm not mistaken, there's at least two or maybe three or four tickets left. Uh, and if they run out and you're desperate to come and you really want to join us because it's such an amazing day, uh, then just let me know somehow, message me, email me or whatever, and we'll see We'll see if we can um, squeeze a few more people in if we need to. But I'm very excited at all of the people who are coming. I'm very excited. If you've been there before, you know. If you haven't been, you've probably heard us talk about it a few times and we really are telling you the truth that it is an amazing experience for everybody involved. And... I really encourage anybody who hasn't come and who has thought of coming to come because you'll never regret it and you will always be glad that you did. And you get skills that you get to take with you for the rest of your life, but it's also the, the experience of that day itself in the moment is um, unbeatable. You know, we really go deep. We really create a beautiful field together and it makes it much, much more easy for any of us to connect in to whatever you want to call source, God, you know, the flow, whatever it is to you, uh, it's so much easier in that sort of uh, group shared intention of really beautiful energy and all these people coming together. So, you know, while we have these amazing practitioners and master teachers who come in and uh, share and guide us and bring us these experiences and teach us knowledge of what to do and how to use our bodies and our minds and our hearts and our souls in all these different ways and give us really applicable you know, practical approaches to bring this into our daily lives. And we have those people and they're so awesome. It really is also all the people who come and the field that we create together and just how beautiful that is as well. So the combination can't be beat. It's just <laughs> more affordable than anything like it. And we're so excited. I'm so excited. It's so exciting every time. But it really is true. You know, I did a full cycle. I started in, um, winter of 2020 is that right yeah 2020 uh winter solstice uh making it a bright winter that was the goal and so we did this event on the solstice and then when equinox rolled around spring equinox i was like you know that was really awesome let's try it again we did it again it was just as awesome i was like okay we're gonna keep going with this we did fall we did um summer and now here we are back to winter and so it's full circle we're starting again in the next cycle and this winter solstice is also very special i know many people have felt it I've been talking about it for three years. Three years ago, uh, before the solstice, I said, there's a three year period that's starting now, as far as what I'm receiving from my guidance and uh, you know, channeled information, and it, and it ends this winter solstice. So whatever that period has been for you over the past three years, uh, it's, it's closing in a way. Uh, and in a hopeful and good way, we're gonna set our intentions and align with the positive energies that come in at the solstice. And then 
launch ourselves into this next phase, whatever that phase is. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that and the timing of it and the energies that are aligned with it on one day of brightness this Sunday, the 19th. So if you want to go, go to rogueways.org, grab your spot, one day of brightness. It's in the shop. It's also somewhere on that front page there if you click into it. So you can easily just set that up and come with us. And uh, I can't wait. It's via Zoom. doesn't matter where you are. You can join us. It's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks for letting me tell my wind story. And I hope to <laughs> see you all this Sunday um, and on Middle Path tomorrow. And hopefully I can come back on Vibrant soon, sooner rather than later and hang out with you guys because it should be a blast. So I hope you're having fun. Love you all. See you soon. Bye-bye. Nice. Definitely having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we're, I would just keep this going if we weren't heading straight to another amazing yeah, party. So, yeah. but I'm glad that I don't have to be the, uh, the boss of the next party. I right. can do whatever I want. So, <laughs> you know, what just occurred to me while she was talking today's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's too much. And, and we've been talking about Mercury a lot lately with his wings on his shoes and, uh, just a powerful little alignment of facts right there. Pretty crazy. What a good rant tonight, too. Thanks, buddy. And big time. Also, I'll just say about one day of brightness. I've been, I've been a presenter and a receiver, and it's good stuff. Uh, feel like throwing a <laughs> Archangel Michael card at everyone before we yeah, go. Y'all are guarded and protected. So, yeah. you know what? Ask your guides. Ask Source. Let them know. You're open and receptive to the guarding and protection. Have an angel posted on every door and window of your home. Just yeah. ask and you, you shall receive. Guard your ports. <laughs> yes. What do they call it when you guard your ports? It's your customs. Yeah, nice. So make sure that your customs protect your orifices. <laughs> yeah, G-A-P, guard and protect the gap. All right. I love you all. Thanks for hanging. And uh, we'll see you on the flow state or on Vibrant next week or sometime down the line. Much love, everybody. Much love.